You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, Spotify rates itself, podcasting consumption is ravenous, huge year-on-year growth in advertising, could TikTok be holding the key to discovery and a potential solution to Rogan? G'day Stocks, how are you my man? I'm well, I'm well, I'm coming to you from main streets of uh, Chinaman Slopes, coming in from home today. Yeah, look at us, we're both doing this completely remote on our little microphones, our little travel mics. Yes, yes, holding them like, like a mango bar. <laughs> That's kind of delicious, you're moving into that time of the year, I think you'll have plenty of those coming up in the months to come. But me, sadly, I'll be sticking to my boiled haggis and whatever else I can get here. Any other delicacies that are available to me? Deviled eggs? I have not had yet, but I will definitely keep an eye out for those and uh, and maybe just walk the other way if they do come my way. Fair. But while I'm walking, I'll be listening to plenty of podcasts, as you can well imagine, Stocks. I mean, how's that for a segue? Oh, seamless. <laughs> and let's just do a bit more of a, a sort of hectic one across to a new little report that's come out from Spotify. Why don't we start with the greats? Yeah, this is a Spotify fan study report. This is the first one of these days released in this format. Um, You would see a lot of audience reports and uh, I guess in your time, this is the best looking podcast report I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Just in the way they've laid it out and they've made it very digestible. They've summarized it and you can drill down quite deeply on information. There's a lot of information there, but it's uh, very succinctly packaged. Uh, I thought, shit, this is a lot of information. I'm going to need a a couple hours to look at this, but you get the key points within five, ten minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if anyone's familiar with the Spotify wrapped, I mean, the way that that they present data, and obviously, you know, that's very personalized data, but it's data nonetheless. Um, they've, they've got a real knack for it and, and the, you know, the visuals and the whole kind of look of the thing. And, and, and as you said, like the snackableness of it, um, if that's even a word, um, it's just really great. I mean, you can get through this thing really quickly and pull out some incredible insights and, and absolutely some fantastic tips as well. So this is all on the podcasters.spotify.com. Uh, resource page so it's all readily available for people to jump on and if you want some good tips on how to increase your your listenership and grow and and other things that you can be doing with spotify it's actually quite a good resource yeah it's lovely the ux is beautiful as you've alluded to and they've packaged it in two ways they go here's insightful data and then they give you some tips as well and it's not too condescending in terms of the tips. We know Spotify has the most data just simply because of the way you have to sign up to their service as opposed to Apple. You just have to have to have an Apple device, an Apple podcast device for it to work. Uh, Spotify, you actually have to sign up. You have to give them details. You have to give them your date of birth. And they can work out a whole bunch of stuff because it's in-app. Um, so they do have the most data right now. So it is interesting when they decide to put a report together. This is all incredibly useful information. I find it quite insightful some of it's quite basic but should we run through it yeah absolutely let's talk about some of the hits okay well look audience is more likely to listen to podcasts during weekdays 78 percent of consumption taking place between monday and friday only 22 percent on the saturday and sunday so 
No huge surprise here, but commutes are prime time for podcasts during the week with listenership yeah. spiking between 8am and 5pm. Yeah, and I, I don't think that would be sort of too, you know, groundbreaking really in terms of listener behaviour, but it's good just to kind of see. I mean, it, it probably follows like pretty similar trends to radio, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's taking over from radio in a lot of ways. I think people sitting in the car on their commute was generally when all, all those drive times and... and uh, you know, the, the big sort of advertising times are for radio. It's very habit-based consumption and you're more likely to be commuting by yourself, uh, whereas on the weekend you're probably going to be with friends or family. Mm-hmm. So what do people do when they're listening to podcasts? Well, 71% of people uh, do it while they're travelling and 71% of people do it while they're doing chores around the house. 43% do it while relaxing and 34% do it while working out. I would have thought the working out would be a bit higher, but then I guess a lot of people will probably be going for music. Over over a podcast, I imagine just for the just for the shit push. Yeah, if you're really trying to work your gains there, you want to get some like high NRG sort of stuff going, as opposed to just you know trying to get yourself pumped with the latest NPR release. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Um, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I imagine. That said, I'm obviously a podcast listener when I'm doing my you know hardcore workouts. Yes, of course, of course, bit of hardcore history while you're doing your uh, high intensity <laughs> interval training. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, on Saturdays and Sundays, podcast consumption spikes between 11 a.m. and noon. That's a very small window. Yeah, it is a small window. This is kind of the time where I get out and trim the hedges and things like that, though. So that's about in line with when I listen to my podcast on the weekend, plus, you know, the other eight hours or so per day that I do. Pre-lunch. Uh, so have a sleep mm-hmm. in, pre-lunch. Now, this one makes a ton of sense, but only once you hear, once I heard it did it make sense. Is education and wellness-related genres peak in the morning, while entertainment and family content is more popular in the evening? So I suppose, like, if I'm thinking about this through my own lens, which is really, you know, one of the few ones that I can view it through, if I'm on my way to work or something like that, I want to start the, the kind of brain engaging, and it's a good sort of way to start the day. You're up, you're active, you're not too tired. It's a good time to take in new information and new knowledge. So I think this is this is really insightful um, for sure, and and probably you know should be taken into account if you do produce these kind of podcasts on either end. If you're doing the education, wellness related, or the entertainment and family, you know when do you want to publish these things? When do you want to make sure that they're hitting people's feeds when they log on? So if you are doing stuff that's a bit more entertainmenty, maybe you don't publish it until later in the afternoon so that it's there ready to go at the top of people's feeds when they log on to listen to it. Absolutely. Look, my podcast listening in the evening consists primarily of work-related podcast listening and then uh, mm-hmm. I don't listen to podcasts after that unless I'm, until I go to bed and then I'll put something on mm. which will not be heavy-hitting or knowledge-related or be something bubblegummy that I don't mind falling asleep to and it's something that has to be at least an yeah. hour long. I just set a 45-minute timer and hopefully it's uh, I fall asleep before it turns off. 45? God, at night time I'm doing a 15-minute and I reckon most of the time I'm going back to minute five. Well, you're a, you're a deep sleeper. I'm a restless mind. <laughs> That's very true. So this one is one that I found really interesting. And I think, you know, in all of the discussions that you and I have about discovery um, over the many episodes that we've done, I think this is uh, great because it, it points out that listeners trust their favorite creator's recommendations above all others. Um, so the number one people find new podcasts is by hearing about them on a show they already listened to. So this is how 54% of people discover new shows. So closely followed by recommendations by friends and family, 53 and browsing Spotify, which I was surprised by 50%. Now, whether there's a little bit of tweaking in that or not, I'm not sure. And then we go down to to the other methods, such as social media, 42, articles, blogs, and newsletters, the big drop down to 15%, and looking at rankings and podcast charts, which is quite interesting. It's only 12%. 
But I just think that the power of if you are in this network, really making the most of that because if people are already listening to something, they trust you implicitly more so than their friends, right? So if you've got other shows that you're trying to promote, this is the best way you can possibly do it. Yeah, this is network effect, right? You think of the amount of time that, and we get it with a lot of podcasters, go, oh, we need social videos. You need to do videos for us. We need to have all this sort of beautiful looking videos for our socials. That's going to grow our podcast. And it turns out if you just approach another podcast and decided to swap ads with them, you're actually going to have more growth. Yeah. Yeah. Based on this data. So, I mean, that's just uh, food for thought and much less effort to just uh, hit up another podcast and go, hey, look, we like your show. We're going to talk about you on our show. Um, can you do the same for us? Much easier than cutting up three, four videos every week and recording your podcast mm-hmm. uh, on video and having to edit it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's food for thought. It's something we're definitely looking at now. Yeah, cool. And video podcast, which is on the grow, 6 p.m. to midnight is the time for video podcasts. I mean, that makes sense. can't really watch a video podcast at work in good, uh, in good faith without being maybe seen <laughs> to be pulled a piss with your employer. And it's coming in for TV. Uh, YouTube is my number one video app right now, ahead of Netflix even. So you can see where this podcast consumption is coming from. There's a lot of stuff I'm consuming. It's probably podcast or podcast adjacent. Uh, you get some of those things, which are just summaries of these three to four hour podcasts that are out there. And someone does a 20 minute cut about one of the key points and I'll roll into that as opposed to yeah. sitting through uh, four hours of Lex Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we appreciate those people doing the uh, the supercuts of those things. I mean, it really is quite handy a lot of the time. It is, it is, absolutely. And just on the video stuff, comedy is at, sitting at 27% is the largest category, followed by leisure, which is gaming and hobbying, and then society and culture, business and technology. But they're all sitting far lower, but comedy sits at 27.55%. So people are coming for the laughs. It's another way of... Uh, I guess accessing sort of stand-up content is to listen to a lot of these comedy yeah. podcasts. So if you've got a comedy podcast, there is definitely some value to looking at getting it up on YouTube, I guess. Yeah, and it seems like they've really been the kind of pioneers with the video podcasting medium. A lot of those kind of podcasts, and we'll, we'll sort of touch on one of these guys later on, but they've seemed to embrace it wholeheartedly, set up their studios, got the cameras in there. They're all stand-up, so they've all got a good presence and, and know how to kind of work, work, the, uh, work the room. So yeah, I mean, it seems like they've kind of embraced it wholeheartedly. I was surprised that the games, um, leisure, which is the games and hobbies, was quite a bit less because you think about, you know, Twitch and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, it's really, you know, there's quite a heavy uh, use of video, or, you know, cross gaming and that sort of thing. So it was surprising to me that it was that much lower, but maybe it is because they're on things like Twitch. So they're not really doing this on Spotify. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. I think everyone's living over on Twitch and not actually just staying on that platform. And they've got the revenue model already set up there. So stay there. Yeah. All right. We'll take that for data. Yeah. Yeah. So Stocks, you've got one in here, which is a bit of a, uh, well, how would we say misleading title, I guess. Yeah, it was one of those classic clickbaity things. Ironic that someone who has made a career out of clickbaiting <laughs> people got done um, by clickbait himself. But the article was titled How Apple Shapes Podcasting. I thought, great. Had a picture of Steve Jobs next to it, holding an iPod mini in his hand. I thought, here we go. Let's get the definitive piece by WNYC about what happened, how Apple made podcasting happen. Turned out it's a super uh, negative article by WMYC talking about how the podcast bubble might have burst and it mm. used themselves as an example. About a month ago, we covered that WMYC uh, was cutting 12% of its workforce and making a massive pullback uh, from podcasting. They are part of NPR, so they're a national public radio broadcasting company. 
podcasting hasn't worked for them and they've decided that, well, it's, it's not worked for anyone it else. It hasn't worked for yeah. us and the whole industry must be doomed and written an article in that way. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't want to go on a big rant here, but uh, just a couple quick points is uh, podcasting has growing year on year in terms of audience. All data says it's through the roof. They talk about a free fall in advertising as being, as being the key driver behind this problem for them. And that's just, there's so much data that says the exact opposite. The IOB and the CRA latest data is podcast revenue rose by 21% year on year this March, in contrast to the total media market contracting by 1.1% over the same period. I can tell you with absolute clarity and authority that our podcast revenue is 3-4x and what it was 12 months ago. Uh, look, this is Australia, this is not the US, they might be deeper into a recession for us, but the numbers are that digital or avid mm. media is down across the board, but digital audio and podcast is growing significantly year on year. Yeah, I felt like I got done by this one, but this is what we talked about last week with a lot of people also just putting out these narratives about podcast is doomed, yep. podcast is great, podcasting is doomed. Well, all the data is podcasting is actually on the growth. And I think uh, culturally everyone knows that podcasting is much bigger than it's ever been. Take that for data. Absolutely. And working working hard with the millennials and the, and the Gen Zs. Yeah, and that is the biggest audience. That's 70% of podcast consumers. And that's where everyone wants to be playing, right? In terms of advertising? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, that's exactly where you want to be playing. And, and the fact is that when the new generations come along, they sometimes basically rebel against traditional, like what what the generations prior were into, right? So, you know, podcasting has obviously gained tremendous popularity over the last 10 years. And so, you know, there was a, a thought that maybe Gen Cs might go for something completely different. But the fact is that they're embracing it wholeheartedly. It is a form of gathering news and information that they trust more so than they do mainstream media and, and radio and those sorts of things. So, I mean, it's in a good place if it's being embraced by, by the young folks. <laughs> of which we are both still a part of that category. Let's hold on. Hold on with claws, brother. Yeah. Speaking of young folks, interesting one that you've put in here. Yeah, I found this quite interesting. TikTok um, has announced that they're integrating with Spotify, Apple, Amazon, um, to name a couple. But what they're doing is allowing uh, users to save favorite songs directly to Spotify or, or Amazon Music, enhancing the music discovery and sharing experience on the platform, right? So if, if someone's you know dancing along to a song, you've got the ability to save that straight into your preferred music player. Now, I think that this is interesting because this could also be utilized really well for, for podcasting. I mean, there's a lot of clips that get dumped onto TikTok. It obviously gets fed to you you know, if you're interested in similar areas. So if, if something comes up and it's a new podcast that you haven't heard before, like why not just have the ability to be able to, to save that into your favorites and, and follow that show as well? I think it's a tremendous opportunity here. Yeah, it makes complete sense. It's interesting that they've gone this way because everyone knows that TikTok is working on TikTok music and that's coming. They're in negotiations with all the record labels now uh, trying to get, make this happen in each specific market. But it's interesting that they've unleashed this feature already with uh, Spotify, Apple, and Amazon, even though they don't have their own music service ready. So maybe they're facing stronger mm. headwinds than we thought with these negotiations. Uh, and the logical place that uh, podcasts to live on TikTok will be inside mm. TikTok music. 
So without giving everything away, I think that's what it's all going to be. But it's interesting that they've come out and just gone, well, we're going to do this anyway, make ourselves more relevant. And maybe they're looking at some sort of antitrust suit down, mm. down the track anyway and saying, hey, look, we put this out on other platforms first. But this is fantastic. So we did an event on Sunday mm. with TikTok, did a TikTok Live. It was tremendous success. It was a post-UFC fight. Some big names. Watch-along type of party, roundtable. Yeah, we had some big names, some of the biggest names in the sport. We had George Cambosis, who's a bike belt world champion boxer. Then we had Israel Adesanya, who's covered video games. But he's the biggest yeah. name in the sport. We had Alex Volkanovsky, who's the top two or three fighter in all weight classes across the world. A lot of fun. And we had Ned Brockman, the uh, ultramarathon runner and just general supreme endurance athlete. Should have been Australian of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So it looked very fun group and we were able to have people dial in from all around the world and that was a great success. TikTok were thrilled with it. The only thing that's done better than it in terms of a live thing on TikTok in Australia was the Dally M Awards, which they put hundreds of thousands of dollars into. So we're all thrilled with how it went. It's an interesting format, probably ran for an hour and a half, able to get a few randoms to come on and just ask questions as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good, fun experience. We're trying to work out if we're going to put the actual live up as a podcast on YouTube and on audio. Mm. We had some technical difficulties, uh, which we anticipated we'd have technical difficulties. We had some TikTok people there, and they go, no, this is perfect. We want to see a tech guy crawling around with his butt crack hanging out of his jeans <laughs> trying to fix things. That's what people want to see. It's like, okay. But, yeah, look, it's it, the camera around, guys. it seemed to work. It was kind of like the early days of podcasting. So we're definitely doing it again next month. So uh, more to come in that space. Very exciting. Another avenue to get your, your message out. Yeah. A really interesting, certainly from my point of view, chart that's come out, the the surveys done by Edison Podcast Metrics. This is US-based, so it's Q3 2023. It's the top 50 podcasts in the US, right? Why this is interesting to me is because at number one, we've got the Joe Rogan experience, as a lot of people would expect, and then we've got Crime Junkie, The Daily, This American Life. Now, number five is where it gets interesting because we have someone who's just gone screaming up the charts here in uh, Theo Vaughan with his show this past weekend with Theo Vaughan. Now, he has just been going from strength to strength and really just gaining a lot of popularity. He's one of these comedians that we touched on earlier that's really embraced the video format. Um, he's got a great studio. He releases generally hour and a half-ish to beyond uh, interview shows. And he's a great talker. He can just crap on himself about you know God knows what. Really wide uh, range of kind of topics that he covers. He is a bit in that Joe Rogan kind of elk and certainly appears on Joe Rogan a bit himself as well. Come up through that cabal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, why I'm interested in this is could this be something if we're if we're taking the kind of, you know, GM Moneyball view You're on You're playing this, Moneyball here, aren't you, brother? I think so. Yeah. Is this Spotify, is this something that they could look at here? Could he be the successor to, to Joe Rogan? Could they relieve themselves of over $200 million in salary and get someone who's on essentially a rookie contract and see if they can get him on a sweetheart deal for a few years and really kind of grow. Uh, By cheap. He's just been bent over by cast (laughs) media, so he'll gladly take the money knowing that Spotify is going to pay him and it's going nowhere. Yeah. You could get him for probably under that $200 million deal that they gave Joe. I think you get him well under. Yeah, so you get that because Joe's going to be more than that. You let Joe go, back the young buck, get a good five years out of him. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
we'll see. I mean, obviously, it's a big move getting rid of Joe, but <laughs> by all accounts, he's doing very well. I mean, he's number one on the list, but if you're looking for someone who might have a bit of form and, and reach the top down the track, this guy could be your guy. He's had recent interviews with Dana White. Tucker Carlson is a huge get. He's had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's had all of the comedians that you would expect him to have, but yeah, Jordan Peterson. I mean, it's definitely in that kind of that mode, whether or not he'll gain that eventual popularity that uh, that Joe Rogan's had. I don't know, but yeah, definitely a cheaper option than somebody to think about. Or when Joe Rogan starts up his own network, just bring in the competition. Mm-hmm. Look, a couple of notables off that list is The Office Lady sitting at 20. I'm always amazed by this podcast, so I don't know if anyone's watched The US Office. A lot of people have. You've got two of the main characters off The Office. It's our Pam and Angela, the actors who play them, have done a podcast and they lean into very much Office-related content. And it's done very well and the show's an absolute phenomenon, particularly with the millennial audience. It's sort of Seinfeld for that generation and they've got this podcast that just keeps pumping along and you just see it everywhere and it's just such a success. And I thought this was just a grab and was going to have no shelf life, but they're a few years into it now. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, well, there's a couple of examples like that. There's the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast, which is the the cast of the show, you know, talking about the show, as well as um, I think it's called Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and it's got um, the two leads from Scrubs doing a similar thing. Oh, nice. And okay. these shows have been off for a while because everyone's been, you know, in solidarity with the actor strike, but now that that's over, these have come back online again. But I think with, you know, with things like Netflix, these series have been picked up by them and, and various other streamers. And it's just meant that they've just gathered a whole new life, a whole new audience. And, and these audiences are keen to just really go deep on these shows and find out as much information as they can. And then Serial's there at number 11. I listened to the first episode of the new Serial season. What do you think? I'm similar boat, you know, one, and I'm kind of, I haven't got back into it yet. So it hasn't grabbed me the, the same way that the original did. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I find it's hillbilly porn. It's very much what the chaser used to do, you know, send Charles Firth over to the US, send him down south to interview stupid Americans and Vox Pop it. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're shooting yep. fish in a barrel here. It's a very well-educated host who uh, went to NYU, then went to Northwestern, did a journalism degree, and then went down to Tennessee and has been, you know, capturing a story of, oh, look at this injustice down in Tennessee. It's quite played out in terms of all oh, these East Coast, West Coast elites getting to look down on sort of, oh, look at how simple this country is and how unjust it is. And if only they could do this, I can't believe this is happening. We'll fix it with a podcast. <laughs> so it is sort of leaning into that a bit, and that's a very cynical take. But I mm. just couldn't help thinking that this format has sort of passed by. If you want to listen to this beautiful yeah. sort of sound design that they've done, go listen to something else like This American Life. I hate to say yeah. it, but it's a more current format, and it's beautifully <laughs> produced. <laughs> Back to our list last week, there was one category we, we skipped and that was my fault. Uh, we didn't talk about the sort of knowledge technology space. Mm. That meant we admitted one of my favourite podcasts of the year, which is Acquired. Uh, Acquired is a brilliant podcast. They publish sort of one to two, sometimes three episodes a month, uh, and a tremendous amount of research. Episodes are three to four hours long. If you started your own business or if you're, a, I guess, a nuanced investor in the stock market, this is the podcast for you. This is how I built this for you. And I'd say how I built this is more McDonald's, and I mean that in a nice way, but it's 80% of the population can consume how I built this, whereas Acquired will give you a much bigger founder, foundation story. The brilliant episode they've done on uh, McDonald Douglas, another one they've done on uh, Porsche, which is incredible. Mm. These guys, uh, this has been the number one technology show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so I'm not exactly calling out 
some sort of, hey, here's a little secret one you might not know about. But it is podcasting and the two hosts are brilliant guys, uh, very nuanced early stage investors in things and incredibly good podcasters. They do an episode with Ben Thompson from Stratechery who does Dithering as well, which is a podcast you know I love. And he's basically mm-hmm. the guy who invented Substack has been basically built. The Substack pitch was strategy in a box for mass market. So there's a fascinating uh, interview if you do listen to or consume strategy or dithering. I'd recommend that as your gateway into Acquired because it's only two hours long, that one. Perfect. 1.5. But for me, I'll put that up <laughs> against anything in terms of quality of podcast and highly recommend it. As always, you know, just let us know if there's anything you think we've missed because we love all the recommendations that come from our our friends and family. And look, you had an interesting stat that you put in there as well, which was um, when will podcasts overtake humanity? Can you expand on that? Yes. Well, I mean, there's quite a few podcast shows out there in the world. So we have been given the official data for when uh, the amount of shows will overtake the amount of humans that there are on this world. And with the rate it's currently going, it's looking like we'll be outnumbered by podcasts once the year 2,248 rolls around. So we've got a little bit of time still. We might not see it in our lifetime stocks, but yeah. Is this encouraging? Probably. I don't know. Is it worth nothing? Most likely. What will happen at that moment? <laughs> I'm sure the people who have taken over BTP from us and the many generations to come will will play a clip from this historic episode. <laughs> you heard it here first. I think that's us for the week. Well, thank you very much, Mandy, as always, for producing this beast. Um, and thanks, Docs. Great to see you again. All right, mate.